2: you stuck with me for another hour, as long as you don't push the button on the radio. We're going to talk about cars, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And this show is sponsored by a variety of shops in town that I personally have vetted and that I've known each and every owner for lots of years. That I've known all of them for at least 10 years. So it's a good idea to have another shop owner recommend you just because we know the difference between good and bad. Kurt's Automotive is a good example. Kurt is a great guy. I can't tell you how many times I've sent a customer to him, and he made both of us look like a hero. My favorite story is a lady's told by two different shops that she needs a new engine because of an oil pressure problem. Kurt replaces the oil pressure switch, and this truck is fixed. For $40, it's fixed. and And, and that's when I first met him. And that was a long time ago, perhaps 15 years ago. So Kurtz is a good guy. I-17 and Bell, northeast corner. If you're looking for a good shop and you live in that area, then Kurtz is a good shop. Now, folks, it's no secret that in, no matter what kind of relationship we have with, between a customer and an organization, a customer and a business, that, that sometimes it's the problem of the business and sometimes it's the problem of the customers. There's times in my world that the customer will come into the sh- my shop and, and, and I will talk to them about symptoms but they don't want to talk about symptoms. They want to talk about all the things that they've done. And I say gently and nicely, well, those things that you're talking about now didn't work. So can we just, you know, can you just answer my questions? How about this? How? About, no, 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 I'd already did. So it comes a point in time, and this happens, I would imagine, at most shops at least once a month, when in your head, you're ready for the next question. How much is your checkout time? And normally the answer might be 75 to $150, just depends on where we start and where we end up. But in a case where you have a customer in front of you that you've just spent 10 minutes with uh, and they've told you that everything you you talked about doing was wrong, then I'm going to go to 350 to $500. <laughs> I'm gonna, and I'm not going to smile when I say it either. I just don't want it. I'm like a lot of other shops, we just don't want the argument. You're telling us how you, fix, you want us to fix your car, and you've not been able to do it yourself. And you don't want us to do what we want to do. You want to still direct us, and you want to tell us how to fix your car when we lift the hood and everything underneath it's new. So what sense does that make? You're better off to send your pretty wife down and have her tell us that. So it's just not going to work out. Self-defense for car expense has everything to do with you. But I'm going to tell you internally, a lot of us shop owners, we don't want to have that front counter conversation with some guy who's going to tell us he can't fix it and he's going to tell us how to fix it. That doesn't work. And if you've never been a customer before, that's the death knell. It's just, you know, goodbye. And so go talk to the kid with three whiskers at the auto parts store and have him guide you to your next shop. It's just not something we do. We don't have time for that. We don't have time symptoms you are best served by telling the the, the shop the symptoms and you're really best served if you just write them down this is my car this is what's happened this is what how i how i make it happen or this is when it happens and i want you to focus on that and call me with an estimate tell me what your checkout charge is and call me with an estimate all of us are overbidding our checkout charges all of us do Sometimes I'll put a $200 cap on it knowing doggone well that my guys are going to find it between $75 and $125, but I'd rather be a hero than a dog. So if we call back and say, hey, good news, we got it for $125, we found it, and it was one of those things where you find it and a dollar later you fix it. So you had a vacuum line over here on the cruise control module that had fallen off and the tip was broken, so we just drilled a new one, put a new metal sheave in there, and then we put the vacuum line back on it and you're done. So really and truly the whole thing was $125 to find it and to fix it. Boom, we're done. There's lots of shops out there that do that. You can go to MarkSalem.com and look at them. They're all good guys. Let's go to the phones real quick, and let's go to um, Derek. Derek, I think you're next. How can I help you? Hi,
3: it's Mark. Uh, I have... And when you turn on, like, your AC max, it doesn't blow out of the center vents anymore. It sounds like it's it's like not also wastegate or something's not opening up.
2: Okay. I missed what kind of car it was.
3: A uh, 2008 Nissan Titan.
2: Okay. So um, when you go to Max Air, the air doesn't come out of the vents anymore. Where does it go? Correct. Do you know?
3: It it maybe to the floor and out the, uh, the frost, um, but it's not, blo- I mean, it's not a really strong breeze coming out of there, but
4: you can hear the fan going. Okay. And then if you try
3: to switch it to the floor, it'll get to the floor, but I can't get it to come out the center vents.
2: Okay. Um, Let me explain. There is a door called a blend door, and the blend door gives you outside air or inside air. But then we also have a mode door, and the mode door is a three-position door, and it gives you top vent, defrost vents, center vents, and floor vents. So when you go to maximum, we're supposed to close off the outside air coming in, and we're going to recirculate the air inside the car. So you said this problem exists when you go to max air. So I'd be looking at yeah. the blend door, okay? I'd be looking at the blend door, not the mode door. And, and it's just a matter of tracking it down. Is it electric? Do we have a good ground to it? Is the connection good to the blend door? Is there a half of a taco that's fell down through the <laughs> the uh the dash vents <laughs> and then it's jammed the door open or closed or whatever. So that's really what it's all about is, is I like the fact that you've you've got it to maximum air. What I want you to do is I want you to go to normal and I want you to leave it there for a very long time and see if there's anything wrong because that will help in the diagnosis because you walk in and say when it's in normal I can ask for defrost, center vent and floor and bingo, I got all three. But when I'm in this mode and I go to max air or recirculation or not recirculation, I have a problem. That's the kind of guy we're going to hop over the counter and hug because you've just told us what we needed to know.
3: Yeah, and I've actually tried that. Because it warmed up, so I wanted the air, so I tried it at max and with uh, uh, it pulling outside air in. And it's the same thing. Those center vents won't blow.
2: Okay, but you can't pick both, though. you, 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 you uh, Maybe you made a mistake, but you said, I've tried both of them. Um, you, you get one or the other. You're either getting outside air or you're getting recirculation. One or the other. You you can't pick both. Yeah,
3: yes. Yeah, yeah okay. on, on that truck, you got a button where it says max air. The other one where it has just regular AC. And which pulls the outside air in on the regular okay. AC, and either one of those it doesn't change, you know, the center fins okay. at all. It's still doesn't
2: well. Work. Then, then it sounds like that, that you've either got a controller problem, which is the control but um, I want you to continue to play with it and to see if you can make anything else happen because we've got so many different places to look. You might save yourself some money if you can walk in with a couple of more sentences. And so when I do it cold, it does this, but when I ask for hot and I ask for this vent, temp- or this vent, a top vent, middle vent, bottom vent, then it's different. That's the kind of talk we, we really embrace, and that's what will help, but okay. I, I can't tell you what's the matter with it.
3: Okay. Now, do you recommend a shop in the East Valley that once I try that out, I can take it to?
2: Yeah, Thompson's is my shop in the East Valley. They're on Stapley just east of uh, east of Stapley on, on Arizona Avenue. Brian and Thelma are very, very good, and they've got some really good technicians. Now, I also want to tell you your Titan car is not, not a double-digit car on the road, so it's not a real mainstream vehicle. Uh, we're going to have to have a scanner because we're going to have to look and see, as we do the air conditioning controls, on whether the command is being made and whether it's being accomplished. So that will be part of this problem is looking at that. Another thing that you might do is is take the battery cables off your car, touch them together two or three times. Touch the cables together, not the battery terminals, the cables together. Yeah. And then put it back together, positive on first, negative on last, and see if that does anything. That's, that's a big reboot, and you could try that yourself. Okay. You're going to have to reset all the clocks and stuff, but that's no big deal.
3: Yeah, no. Okay. Oh, heard, uh, do, you have, do you have a number for them, or just look them up uh, no.
2: on the web? No, just Thompson's Auto Repair. Thompson's Auto Repair. Oh, Both Brian know. and Thelma's parents um, were in the gas station business back when I was in the 60s. And, um, and I, I was always impressed. And then Brian is a Vivian and Thelma is a Thompson, and the two families that really dominated gas stations in the 60s and the 70s in Maces was the Thompsons <laughs> and the Vivians. <laughs> and so they they got together in that fashion. But they've been in the business a very long time. But here's the good thing about Brian. He'll give it a try, but he may say to you, this is not, we're not the shop for you. And, and as a last result, you're hoping to find somebody at a Nissan dealership that uh, or a dealership, I should say, that that has already fixed this, and um, and and so you don't really want to pay for on-the-job training, and it's okay for you to say that to the shop. I don't want to pay for on-the-job training. If you've seen this before, or if you think you can fix it, let's do that. But I mean, don't don't dig a big hole and then hit me for a three hundred dollar checkout and tell me you don't know what's wrong. That's not fair. And so it's okay to have that conversation, even with my shop. Okay?
3: All right. I appreciate your help.
2: Okay, good, Derek Bill. you're up next. How can I help you
3: I've got a um
5: two thousand thirteen Toyota Tacoma base model with a four cylinder okay and i've got a got a vibration in the left where you rest your left foot down on that plastic pad
2: mm-hmm.
5: and I've asked the dealer to look and check the front end and everything and they they say there's nothing going on, but I'm just wondering if there's somewhere else to look at it
2: well, I think what what's missing here is is you didn't take a gray-haired guy for a ride and let yeah. him feel it that's what right. i think you're missing um and i want to tell you something i've never heard of this before in my life so you and i are going to talk for just a minute and then i'm going to take a break okay so okay. i want to ask you a question is the vibration speed related of the vehicle or is rpm related of the engine
5: um it's vibrating when you're driving
2: okay. when you come only to stop when you're driving side.
5: No, it, it vibrates a little less. Um, the engine seems to run a little rough, too. So it's got a, a vibration that's there when you're at stoplight, too.
2: Okay. Okay, good. So what I hear you saying is is the vibration is there when I'm stopped. And yes. when you run it, yeah. And, and when you're going. Okay, good, good. Now, how about the other side of the car? Did you swap and you go to the other side of the car and put your feet flat on the floor and have your wife drive? Is there a vibration yeah. over there?
5: No, I haven't done that.
2: Okay. All right. Get your wife involved. Just just tell her to quit drinking like a couple hours before she's driving. You know what I'm saying? All right. And I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Um, I, that's what I would want to do is I'd want to switch places with you. So if you take it into a shop, you can say, can we go for a drive? And I'll, I, okay. I'll, I'll drive first and tell him what RPM and what speed, and then we'll switch real quick, and, and and that way he can do it. I'm thinking motor mounts because you're talking about a vibration that you feel when the car is stopped. How many miles are on this car?
5: Uh, 112,000.
2: Okay. I'm thinking that more than likely you've got the driver's side mount is probably the guy. And what I would do is is, um, I would have you sit in the car, and I'd have you make the vibration happen, and then I'd put a piece of wood underneath the motor, and I'd use a floor jack, and I'd lift the driver's side of the motor up with one or two pumps. And if you go, stop, it's gone, it's gone, then I'm going to replace the driver's side motor mount. Oh, That's, okay. Uh, but don't go drive, don't do that because the guy on the radio said that. Go right. through the d- d- process. What Do you have a shop that you deal with? What part of town are you in?
5: Um, just uh, in the East Valley for a year now. Okay. So I'm formerly West Valley.
2: Okay. So East Valley, major cross streets.
5: Uh, Power Road and Baseline.
2: Okay you're going to have to come up either to Thompson's on Main Street um right uh, or closest i can get to anybody else to you is I-10 and Warner Road That's ah, yeah, those two. Pretty far away. yeah okay so, so Thompson's but but i think the key here is you saying that it i'm at a traffic light i'm not moving and i feel the vibration it has to be a motor mount problem i would yeah. bet i would i would bet big money and the mileage kind of leans that way so that's what I think. Yeah. Okay, let me know okay. how I did. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Thank sir. you. You bet. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Gill is sleeping. You can hear him snoring in the background. But that's because nobody's calling in, and the lines are wide open. Five lines wide open. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty.
0: right <laughs> back. Listening to 960 The Patriot online doesn't mean you have to sit at your desk. If you're on the run, doing housework, or on your drive home, 960 The Patriot is at your fingertips wherever you are or whatever you're doing with the Patriot app. The Patriot stream is now sponsored by Guns Etc., an A-plus company working together to bring you an A-plus listening experience. Download the app today at your app store. It's the best way to listen to your favorite shows no matter where you are. Brought to you by Guns Etc.,
3: Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got
6: your dad that big HD TV he wanted,
3: we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? (laughs) It's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. Greenergadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations.
7: I like that.
3: Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um,
6: what was that website again?
3: Greenergadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go.
2: (laughs) Okay, as a car shop owner since 1979, I have had my fair share of customers. In this show, we've already talked about what to say, what not to say to the shop and stuff like that. And then we've talked about, but the big problem, a problem that we oftentimes entertain is the guy that wants to direct the, the repair. You'll just notice that just a minute ago, Bill and I had a conversation about his Tacoma. And he didn't tell me what Google said, what YouTube said. <laughs> he didn't tell me what his neighbor said. He didn't tell me what his brother-in-law was in Wisconsin said. He didn't do any of that. He just answered the questions. And so I, I'm, I am, I've been doing radio since 1988, and I, my success rate as far as getting close to the repair is pretty good. I'm told. I don't keep track. I don't care. But the idea is, is the vibration was there when the car was stopped. This is the kind of car that comes in where the the wife has got a laundry list of things that the husband wants us to do. But the key is the vibrations there when the car is stopped. That's the key. That's all I need to know. Show me what you're talking about and go. I'll call you with an estimate. That's the way it is. So let's go to Jim. Jim, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Mark. How are you today? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Well, I've called on this uh,
4: minor issue twice. It's my daughter's 2001 Toyota Corolla LE with an electrical problem. But I, my question is about a battery. Um, I put okay. a one-year battery in it because I'm trying to sell the car. I didn't want to invest in a $250 battery. Um, our, the battery was dead. I took it back to the shop I went to, and I used your advice. I was very nice. I didn't go in and act like I knew what was wrong. I just explained it to him. And the reason I'm going to tell you that is because they didn't charge me for this diagnosis. But anyway, he said one of the cells in this one-year battery was no good, and the battery was less than a week old. Does that happen very often on an inexpensive battery?
2: It happens on expensive ones, too. Rolls-Royces all the way down to the Euroliner airplanes, all the way down to a 63 (laughs) VW. No, the the question is, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you kind of a lie detector test here, okay? are there caps that you can peel off this and look inside to to see the the uh, battery acid in the plates no and i'm
4: an old guy because i know how i used to do that but no not on this battery no
2: see that calls. i'm a little suspicious about his ability to know that one of the cells is bad then you see what i'm saying (laughs) so i mean sometimes he gave me a report a printout
4: that showed me supposedly
2: yeah okay well there are computers out there that can guess (laughs) Mm -hmm. but but the real issue is is if it's got a shorted cell it starts off at 13 volts because we we charge it up to 13 and then we test Mm -hmm. it every hour and we see a voltage drop a voltage drop and each one of the cells on a 12 volt battery is to two two volts and then pretty soon it it goes from 12 volt to 10 volts and then it stabilizes at 10 and then it falls a little bit again so yes over a long period of time but i'm not going to let my guys do that that costs money (laughs) i'm going to run a quick test and we're going to be done (laughs) so Right, no, but but uh, yes, I was suspicious at first about being able to do it, but then I I understand and I understand that that's probably what his computer did, and I and I'm going to agree with that. I want to tell you the the battery is is good, it's how much it weighs. So if you go on the internet and you find this battery is 28 pounds and this one over here is 36 pounds, the 36 mm-hmm. pound one is gonna is gonna cost a lot more money <laughs> than the 28 pound one. And so to sell I the car, I buy a better? Oh, go ahead. No, I just just get one from somebody that's going to warranty it for you. So buy it from an auto part store if you want to install it yourself, or buy it from a shop. Yeah. And 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 you're going to be you're going to be seeing us every two years anyway. I mean, my all wife's right. car just gave up the ghost not too long ago, and I think it was 26 months is when mm-hmm. we put the battery in. And believe me, you know when she gets caught and with all of her her makeup in the car and there's no air conditioning <laughs> and it all melts. You know how much that costs, don't you?
4: Of course. <laughs> All right, I will buy a new battery for this thing and then just try to sell it as fast as I can.
2: So. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you you <laughs> yeah. And I agree. And you know what I do is, um, I would. Now you're not going to be able to fool the auto parts store. So yes, just buy yourself a cheap battery and get rid of the car. Oh, by the way, how much you want for it?
4: Uh, you know, it's a really. I mean, the thing looks like it's only two owner. Trying to get about high three thousand thirty five thirty nine hundred.
2: Okay, so it's an oh one Corolla. How many miles? Uh one ninety
4: two. The 192. dash is perfect, the seats are perfect, the thing is immaculate.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go thirty three hundred. <laughs> I'm gonna draw the middle out of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Marketmarksalem dot com. You send me an email with okay. your phone right. number. Marketmarksalem dot okay. com. And anybody that wants to look at this, I wanna tell you what about I think about one ninety two on the clock. I wanna tell you mm-hmm. something. Motors will run for a very, very long time. Every motor we replace is because the nut behind the wheel caused the problem. <laughs> they overheated the hell out of it, or they ran it low mm-hmm. on oil, or they abused it. So the, a, a car for $3,300 is, is like mm-hmm. a big lighter. You just use it until... They, this is exactly the kind of car I would buy, and I did buy my three kids, because mm-hmm. it's easy to insure... And they're going to make mistakes. And, and actually, I'll be honest with you. I bought pickup trucks because I figured I'd only have one other person sue me. So with a Corolla, you got the front seat and then the three kids in the back seat. So you got four families that are going to sue you if you have a wreck. And so I always thought a pickup truck, a bucket seat, you know, i got one other kid in the car and, and we're home free. But this is, this is a big lighter car. If this thing lasts a year, you take 12 months into the 3300 and yeah. it costs whatever that is your monthly cost. That's a deal. So I like these kind well, of cars, and I'll tell you what else I like about these cars. They're good rental cars. Mm-hmm. People don't yep. care what the clock's got on it. They just want the air conditioning to blow cold, and they want the radio to
4: work. Yep. That's it. So It you, does, and I put a new fuel pump in it for $600 last week, and it's got brand new brakes on it. The car just okay, a steal. It's a steal. Okay. It's a steal. Okay. Are we, are we set at 33? Is that going to be okay with you? Let me send you this. I've got pictures of it. I'll send you the pictures later
2: today. No, 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 no. I'm just going to put you together with anybody who, so oh, both okay. of you are going to email mark at marksalem.com, and everything okay. I get about the Corolla is just, I'm going to forward to you.
4: Okay, 3,500. Right. I'll tell you what. I'll, 3,500, we'll let it go.
2: Okay, I'm going to put the 3,500, because you first said 3,000 to 3,500, so I picked the mail, I'd like the gonna... 3,900, but I'll go oh, to thirty. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. I I missed that. Um, You know, Gil's in my ears, the guy that's actually flying the airplane, and he's telling (laughs) me dirty jokes while I'm doing on the radio, and it's just really confusing. (laughs) So anyway, all right, Jim, 3,500, we're locked down. Okay, let's go to Joe. Joe, how are you? What what can we do for you?
5: Good. I've got a uh, 2006 Chrysler 300, 256,000 miles, when I started up from a cold start, there's a clanging noise. Um, in the. sounds like it's coming from the front of the engine. Okay. I'll drive for about 10 minutes, and it's gone. And it, it only happens during a cold start.
2: Okay. Um, the only thing at the front of the motor that might make a clanging noise is a timing chain. Does it have a belt or a chain, or do you know?
5: So... Well, you've got that serpentine belt, right? But then there is a timing belt in it, and I had it replaced at uh, um, 180,000 miles.
2: Okay. But, but I mean, the timing belt is rubber, but it's got a tensioner on it. And I don't know okay. if the tensioner is oil fi- oil pressurized or if it's a spring-loaded tensioner. I'm not quite sure okay. how the tensioner works on that particular car. But I would think that that's probably where I would be looking at. I think a good shop's going to say, let's let's listen to the noise in the morning, and then let's okay. make some modifications. I mean, even sometimes we squirt water underneath the cover, and that makes uh-huh. the noise go away, and then we think, okay, well, we've got an idler pulley that's hanging up on the belt, and when we put water there, it covered up the noise, we're still going to have to take the front of the motor apart and fix it. Yeah. So that's not really okay. a big deal, though. Okay. Okay. All right. Good awesome. luck. Thank you. Thank you. And, and Jim, you stay there because I'm going to get you, um, but i got to take a break because Gil's mad at me because I'm only four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second.
0: Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and com. It's your voice of reason 24-7.
4: Have you ever wondered how some people can live the American dream and make an impact in life and business? Then tune in to the American Impactor Show with hosts Dom Fassett and Catherine Bell, Sundays at 1 p.m. Follow Dom and Catherine each week as they show you how to make an impact in life, business, and the community. Learn how to push past your limiting beliefs for increased success and enrichment. It's the American Dream Impactor Show, Sundays at 1 p.m., right here on 960 The Patriot. I don't want to go blind from diabetes
6: I don't want to lose a foot or a leg
1: I don't want to have kidney failure So I'm taking control I'm controlling my diabetes
6: It's making a huge difference
8: I'm eating healthy and staying physically active
6: I'm taking my medicine
0: If
8: I can do it, anyone can Control your diabetes for life Call 1-800-438-5383 I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer.
6: I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community.
9: Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday.
3: Some are good, others not so much.
6: But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right.
3: These are the moments
4: to take a pause.
6: Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not.
9: It's not about paranoia.
3: Or being afraid.
9: It's about standing up and protecting our communities.
3: One detail at a time.
9: Because a lot of little details can become a
2: pattern. We. We. We.
9: We trust our instincts.
2: Just like you should.
6: Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday.
0: So protect your everyday.
6: If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities.
0: I'm a veteran.
3: My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help.
0: As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I no longer see it as a
5: weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth.
0: DAV provides a lifetime of support helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned.
7: I am a veteran. I lost both legs in Vietnam.
0: Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small.
7: My victory was getting my benefits and a good
0: education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like Nora was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans, go to DAV.org.
3: I started my adventure in the Air Force
6: Reserve as a payload system operator. flight
8: medic in the Air Force Reserve. I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration
6: team. We do a lot in a little bit of time, and we have to do it very efficiently.
9: It's a very exciting career.
6: The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. The training in the Air Force
9: Reserve is second to none. The most
5: exciting thing in the Air Force Reserve is to be able to travel. It
9: gave me the opportunity to go to college. That was definitely a bonus. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more.
4: Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve.
6: My early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take But it gave my mom and me more time to plan Together Talk to your family about seeing a doctor Go to alz.org slash time
3: to talk A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council
2: 34 minutes at the hour of 11 o'clock My name is Mark Salem I want to talk to you real quick about Farm Bureau Financial Services Which is Farm Bureau Financial Services And the acronym is FBFS There's an, They are an insurance company I work for and as you well know, I, uh, I'm i a mechanical expert, and I object when an insurance company calls me and they want to write my report for me and they want to put words in my mouth. Farm Bureau is not that company. I've worked for them for many, many years. They just want the truth. And they're not writing my report, and they don't push on me, and they don't tug on me. And if I write a report that, fa- that favors them, fine. And if it doesn't, they don't care. Well, they're looking for customer service representatives. So if you have experience in that field working for an insurance company and their environment, they obviously have to multitask and have strong organizational skills, and hopefully you have high initiative, a positive attitude, you have strong customer service uh, and management, time management skills, then really I would suggest that you go to FBFScareers.com, Farm Bureau Financial Services, FBFScareers.com. and uh, and fill out an application. I can just tell you that there are three companies that I really like to work for because they want to know the truth. Some of the other companies want to write my report for me and put words in my mouth, and there's three of them that they just want the truth, and Farm Bureau is one of those. So if you are a customer service rep now or if you have experience in that field and you want to look at another job and sniff around, then Farm Bureau's looking. Let's go to the phones, and Tim, you're up next. Tim, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Uh, good morning, Mark. Good morning. Hey,
9: I, have, uh, I, I have an answer for one of your previous callers, maybe.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm all ears.
9: With the, uh, the guy with the uh, anti-theft alarm kept on going off or whatever.
2: Right, right. Uh, alarm.
9: He, he, he did... Yeah, he didn't say that he had a, re- uh, a remote, a fob. A lot of times the battery goes dead in the fob, and then it sets off all kinds of alarms.
2: Okay, okay, that that's great. And, and you know, you've just kind of warmed up my head a little bit. I, I remember a situation where we took a car in to to, that sounds good to me, that stereo shop and alarm shop, and and I remember my wife saying all they did is change the alarm and the bat or the the battery and the alarm and the fob, and I never understood the connection there. But that makes sense. And I, I really appreciate as long as you were on hold, I really appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank I you.
9: I have uh, one. I have one more uh, question for for uh, for the older older mechanic gearheads. Uh, I have a uh, 390 Ford FE engine. And uh, I installed a um, high-volume oil pump in it when I redid, redid the engine. Is there a possibility of draining the pan if you get too high an RPM?
2: No. No. No, We're you're, you're worried about you're going to suck all the – well, wait a minute now. You're going to suck all the oil out of the pan and where we start sucking air from the sump. And But right. no, because that oil's all got to go up to the top of the motor and then come back through. So, I've never right. seen that happen in any application at all ever, unless, of course, we end up with a huge oil leak at one of the valve covers, and we fill it up, and then we start puking oil out of the valve cover, and then yes, you'll probably run it out over a long period of time, but that's a leak associated with the problem. Oh. So no,'m i, I going to I'll tell you, I'd like you to email me that because I know a Ford guy, and I know a Ford guy that knows the, the, that motor. But I'm telling you, okay. I've never seen that before on any hot rod I've ever built or I've ever worked on. I've never seen that before where the, the motor pulled all the oil out of the pan, and and the pan went dry before the oil that was delivered to the cam and the pistons and the crankshaft filled back up. I've never seen that happen. Okay. All righty? All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for holding as long as you did. Mark at MarkSalem.com, and I'll ask somebody that knows the old Ford Motors. Paul, you're up next. How can I help you, Paul?
7: Yeah, Mark, I have a Equinox Chevrolet 2010 four-cylinder automatic, and it has 54,000 miles on it. Again, I bought it new. Now, the manual says you don't need to check the transmission, and yet I was looking online, and they said when they get to be that old, you should be checking the oil level, in the transmission. And my question is, is there a correct step or procedure you use to check it because there's no dipstick?
2: Okay. Yes. Yes. I have an answer for you. Um, your car's 11 years, 12 years old, and you only have 54,000 miles on it. So I don't imagine that this car was used to take a bunch of high school kids to denver colorado i mean it's not really no, we're old run... people exactly. we're
7: older we bought it and now we're just older
2: yep yep i i understand and so my my advice to you is is at the ten-year mark i would have said to you let's just go ahead and flush it now we're going to hook up a machine and we're going to push in and it's going we're going to suck out and then there's a way to determine when it's full so you're basically just doing a change and there may or may not be a filter but um... it Some of the guys are going to argue, say, Mark, it only had 54,000 miles on it. My argument is going to be it's 11 years old, 12 years old, and he hasn't driven the wheels off of it. So it means it's not gone gone through a lot of heat cycles. So there's got to be a, a considerable amount of moisture in that transmission. So we're going to have that kind of an argument. I think the default is go ahead and do it. It'll put you in a peace of mind. That transmission is already gone 20, 12 years. It'll go another 12 years. At this kind of mileage, you'll have no problem at all. So I think it's a good bet to go ahead and, and flush it and fill it now. I think that's a good idea.
7: That's a, so Okay. I was just curious if it could be low. It wouldn't be low if it was accumulating moisture, is that correct?
2: No, no, the moisture is this. We've got to get the oil temperature up over 212 to turn the water to a vapor. That's what we have to do. That's called a heat cycle. And so okay, I'm going trying to
7: picture in my mind, you say there would be moisture in the oil.
2: Yeah. That would make yeah.
7: your oil seem to be fuller than it is.
2: Oh, I'm talking about a minute amount of moisture. Uh, I'm talking no. Okay, so it's not
7: an issue then.
2: No, no. Okay,
7: my primary concern is I would just like to check it and see where it's at, if the level's correct or not, and if there's there's a correct procedure to do that.
2: I don't know that your 10 is going to have a way for the computer to know that you're low, but the newer model cars certainly have a level sensor in them. But as far as that's concerned, whoever does your oil changes, just ask them to do that there is a process and a procedure for us to check the fluid level in those. So just have them do it. Just say, how much will you charge me to check the fluid level? And by the way, there's no dipstick on it. And then the shop will just say. Well,
7: we know that there's a fill plug. I looked at the man and you take the fill plug out, okay, but it doesn't say whether it's running, it's in neutral, or it's in park. Uh, that's,
2: that's their job. They they're, they're, they're better know that. I don't know that. I'd have to look it up, but they, that's their job. They have to know that. So oh, if, okay. there's a fill, if there's just a fill in there, and if you take the fill out, and you put your finger in there and you can touch fluid, I think you're done because if it's above the hole, it's all going to come out. <laughs> it can well, be above the hole. Well,
7: it should dribble. What they're saying is just dribble out a little bit.
2: Okay, then take the plug out yourself or have the next guy that does the oil change stick his little finger in there and then see if it dribbles out because when you stick your little finger in there and bend it, to a 90-degree angle. Okay, I did then you pull pu- the plug,
7: but okay. when I pulled it out, it just literally poured out of there. So how in the world could that be? have more oil in it now after 12 years? It's never been serviced by anybody okay. but me and my neighbor who's a retired mechanic, and we've never messed with the transmission.
2: Okay, I understand. I wish you would have told me this all at the very beginning. So you think the transmission has a bunch of water in it because it gushed out of the hole you came from. I think that's a false... Um, way to go. I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think there's any validity to it. Um, and if your mechanic buddy was with you and it all gushed out, he could have looked at it to see if it had water in it because there's a, there's a, going to be a color change to it and there's going to be some white foam. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm just telling you if you want to know, if you want to change it, now's the time, fine. And if not, if it gushes out of the plug, then we're done. Got to run though. We'll be back right after this.
8: Hey, Eldorados, Larry Elder here, and I want to tell you about a radio show and podcast that you may not have heard of, but you need to be listening to. Every Saturday at 3 p.m. right here on 960 The Patriot, you can hear Broken Potholes, hosted by Chuck Warren and Sam Stone. Broken Potholes takes a deep dive into the crumbling politics and fracturing culture of a nation in crisis. The show shines a light on state and local issues that get ignored by other media, and Chuck and Sam ask the tough questions that the corporate media won't. The show is also about more than politics. It features interviews with leaders in business, culture, sports, and more. Chuck and Sam have over 30 years' experience in politics at the national, state, and local level. They're conservative, but the show is focused on an open exchange of ideas and views. So listen to Broken Potholes, Saturdays at 3 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. And if you can't make it then, you can listen to the podcast at brokenpotholes.vote. That's brokenpotholes.vote. And make sure you tell them that the great Elderski sent you. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
2: Well, welcome back 45 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here talking about cars, and you're welcome to join us if you'd like to do that. And let me look right here, 116. I just got to write this number down. And we're going to go to Daniel. Daniel, good morning. How can I help you?
6: Good morning, Mark. Uh, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. Thank you for asking. Good. Yes.
6: Hey, uh, I had a question about uh, gasoline and and uh, <clears throat> the dilution. Or, or if you want, if you have old gas that doesn't stink real bad, what would your suggested dilution if you want if you wanted to mix it with your daily driver, or well, would you I, advise I, it?
2: I understand completely. How much okay. how much how much bad gas you think you got?
6: Oh, just just like in gas cans that I use for lawnmowers and stuff. But I haven't okay. used it in a while.
2: All right do you have any idea what size the gas tank is on the vehicle you want to put it in
6: uh yeah like a, a twelve gallon let's say okay. for example
2: I, I would think one gallon and the twelve gallon would be no harm, no foul, no way that you're gonna get in any trouble
6: okay and Just, uh what what what's your uh opinion on the the fuel stabilizers you' like the stability you think those work
2: well i i think I think on a carbureted motor. And, and, well, and I mean, first
6: for, for, for i'm sorry for for storing gas
2: uh oh um you should, i mean for me, I'm using it faster than I need stable if i'm gonna okay. have a gas can at the barn, um it's gonna be filled at least once or twice it's gonna be filled at least once every two months. And so okay. I, I'm not, but now they they I do have a, a variety of older cars that may only be driven for two or three days a year, and I use stable. Yeah, that, and the I guess that's what
6: I'm asking about. Yeah. I have the same situation. So
2: yep, yep, I'd use stable on the vehicles, no matter whether it's an old vintage or it's a brand new one. Stable is a good thing to keep the gasoline from turning rancid, and, and, okay. and if the car's going to sit for any longer than three or four months, then yes, I would use Stabil
6: okay and, and and is that a good rule of thumb using your nose for bad gas
2: yeah oh yeah heck yeah oh yeah 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 so yeah
6: I, so if I mean, it don't stink it's still good right
2: well and see here's the deal you already know what good gas smells like because you've got c- gas cans around so when you yeah. fill it up you know what good gas smells like well, when you get some of that rancid gas there's no question i mean anybody that has half a brain and if i were to put two beakers of gasoline underneath their nose <laughs> they would know the rancid one so right. you know, that the nose is a very good option to determine the quality of the gasoline in the tank in the in the okay. can or in the tank okay,
6: okay. excellent that's what okay. i was looking for yeah cuz i was just concerned with uh, like stocking up on some gas right now with every gas can i got so and, you know and,
2: and I understand that. I I, I understand that completely. Um, and and I and 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 as a joke, you can always ask your wife um, if this is rancid or not, and, okay. and take take turns take turns on coming to that conclusion. Um, but but anybody with a good nose can can if if you like, I said, two cups of gas, one brand new, Ron rancid. Ninety nine of my friends out of a hundred are going to know the difference between the good and the yeah. bad, and the other ones probably been drinking so. Excellent. That's how it works. Okay. Okay. Thank you, you, sir. Ken, you're up next. How can I help you, Ken?
1: Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I have a 2008 Tacoma, Toyota Tacoma, the bigger V6 one, and my horn went out yesterday. I checked the fuse, even checked it with a voltmeter. The fuse is good. I pulled the relay and reseeded it and the horn worked and this morning it it went out again so I went down got another I, I got a new relay put that in and it worked I drove it for about five minutes decided to check the horn again and it's dead again I'm wondering if you have any other things that I can check or if you have a recommendation for a shop that's good with electrical diagnosis.
2: On a 1 to 10 scale, this is about a 2. So Mm -hmm. this is what I want you to do. When the horn's not working, I want you to grab a hold of the 12 o'clock position and the 6 o'clock position, and I want you to rock that steering wheel real hard. Then check the horn. Then go 3 to 9 and rock that. Because here's the deal. We're we're typically going to either add 10... So 12 volts to the horn, and then the the horn button is going to provide the ground, okay? Okay. So the, the relay is likely going to be, when you turn on the key, we're going to apply power to the horn or power okay. to or ground. ground. One way or another, we're dealing with the power and the ground side of the horn. The question is, is which end is it on? If it's wired, if it's wired that the power... When you turn the key to the on position, it automatically powers up the horn. But the ground is is from the horn pad. Well, you got two different problems that, or you got two different circuits there. You worked on the power side of the horn and put a new relay in it. And the fact that it's still bad doesn't mean that the relay is bad. It means that you're on the wrong side of the horn. <laughs> right. And so, and so I want you to manhandle, push on the horn, and then grab the 12 o'clock position and just jerk it around and then. Three o'clock, nine o'clock, six o'clock, and if you can get it, so so keep the horn button.
1: pushed down.
2: Yeah, yeah, the whole time.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Uh,
2: and manhandle the pad. Push the pad on the right side, the left side, the top, and the bottom. Hit it hard with your fist. See if the pro. How many miles are on this thing?
1: Uh, hundred and ninety four. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's got its use. Um, I, I'm betting that the horn pad is the problem. And sometimes you could take the horn pad apart, and sometimes you can put a matchbook in there to push the contacts a little closer. Uh huh. Okay. So something like that's stupid. Yeah, I okay. think you're just working on the wrong leg. So okay? so
1: so some kind of so some kind of dirty contact or something like that's going on. What you're well,
2: the, you keep in mind that the, the, there's a ring underneath the steering wheel, but the, the little mm-hmm. carbon button that rides on the ring is with the steering wheel. Well, you can imagine that it's going to wear a little bit. So sure. if you start manhandling the steering wheel, and Mark, if I push on the 3 o'clock side real hard and honk it, it'll work, work, work. But if I let go on the 3 o'clock side, it doesn't work, and it doesn't work 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and, and 9 o'clock, boom, we're done. We got to go in okay. and take the horn pad off and somehow or another fix that um, that little button that's supposed to ride on that uh, on that piece of metal. And so we'll just go in and fix it.
1: And if that if that's not something I'm able to do, do you have a shop that's good for that?
2: Yeah, tell me, uh, General Cross Streets from where you're at. Um, I'm my
1: home is on the uh, north, like Northwest Peoria, but okay. my office is uh i-17 in deer valley
2: okay uh gosh i oh action action auto northwest corner of i-17 in deer valley tom and okay um, i mean yeah he's not gonna have any problem with this i've known tom since 1983 um i, okay. I know he's he, he's a really good guy and i i have no problem sending you there because on a one to ten scale this is a two or a three and his guys will have okay. this <laughs> problem and that's it. So, yes, no, uh, Action okay. Auto, northwest corner. Okay?
1: Perfect. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh,
2: all right. You bet. No problem. All right. TOT uh, Action Auto. All righty. And we have another caller. Who might that be? Say hello to John. John, good morning, buddy. How are you?
0: Good morning, Mark. Same as ever, I guess. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to take us back to that guy that was concerned about the uh, oil being pumped out of the sump. Uh, up into the engine and, and not, and you know, start sucking air in the, in the oil pump. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. The reality of, of the way engines are oiling, and you know this, is that the primary, uh, flow from the, from the pump goes to the crankshaft, and then of course others let off up into the valve train. But, uh, they gotta keep that crank looped, uh, first thing, because it's under the most stress, and, and as such, the oil coming out of those bearings and, you know off the crankshaft and and, uh, piston rods is going to go a very short distance back into the sump you know kind of like like raining off the crankshaft
2: right 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 so i
0: think it it take a it take a really really thick oil and a really high volume pump to to actually empty out the sump you know in in pushing the oil out of there
2: yeah let me tell you a little bit about what what i was thinking um that sure sounded like a YouTube thing to me. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I, I mean, come on. I got 38,000 customers. We have 150,000 vehicles we're re- that, it, that, that have come into our shop and we're responsible for. I've never seen this happen. So I'm thinking somebody's got a brand new FE. Somebody's got a brand new motor. They've heard this on YouTube or on Google or they heard it at, at the campfire the other night, and they're worried about it. I really, that's the first time in my life I've ever had that question before. <laughs> and, and I was, yeah, I I, was thinking, of my, and my computer's running like full speed, my, you know, I can hear the, the disc spinning, and I'm going, how would that happen? How would we pump the oil up into the crank, into the cam, into the lifters, and, and, and we'd have to absorb five quarts of oil, at least five quarts of oil, in all of those places to run the sump dry? And, yeah, um, and, and
0: you'd so have to, I, I, the, <laughs> I was going to say, the, return holes, in the, the re- return holes in the heads would have to be plugged up completely to, to hold it up there. So. And not
2: only that, we'd have all kinds of oil in the valve cover, and, and more than likely you'd be puking it out the of the valve where the filler neck is. So, I mean, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about all this kind of stuff, but I didn't want to be rude, and, I, and, I, and it was a question I had never been asked before, and so I um, did the best I could, but I agree with you. It's very difficult to think that we're going to end up with all of these five, six, seven, however many quarts of oil this thing holds, and we're going to have it on the top part of the motor where the tolerances are the thickness of a human hair. So I can't imagine that we're going to suck all that oil out and have it up there. Where the heck would it go? And I, I didn't, But it's a question I've never heard before. <laughs>
0: But yeah, but it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna pump out of the out of the crankshaft, you know, as it's going to you know each each rod bearing, uh, right? And right. each main bearing, so it's going to be pushing out uh, of all those those places and raining down off the off the crank onto the uh, sump again. So in, that's the, in, that's in, the in, earliest in, oil it returns.
2: No, and 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 let me just change your wording just a little bit for everybody. See, we're gonna have when we pump oil into the crankshaft, it's going to rain back in the swimming pool it just came from. Which is the oil pan exactly so it's exactly. going to be a, a vicious circle That's we're going to, we're going to take oil out of the oil pan, run it through the oil pump, send it to the crankshaft, and it's going to rain right one hundred percent of it, oh well, not one hundred percent of it. 70% of it is going to rain right back down into the swimming pool it came from. The rest of it's going to go up to the top of the motor, and it's going to rain down and then go back in the swimming pool. So we're talking it's, it's about... going go th- down the
0: rain gutters. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. You, you see, when you start talking about holes in the head and running oil through them, the people are going, hole in the head, and then they're thinking that's bad. But you and I both know that that's a drain hole. So as the exactly. valves are shedding oil, it's a oil, return. Passage. It's a ret- there you go. There you go. We have to use the right terminology, doggone it, or otherwise we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, John, thank you very much for come bringing that up. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought it close to that. But if he sends me an email, I'm still going to check with a couple of my buddies on, the, on that Ford FE motor. But, but I think you and I have hashed it out enough to where we know that that's – well, I'll put it to you this way. Have you ever seen that happen, John?
0: Absolutely not. No, I have, man, seen, I I have seen. I have seen. I have seen. I seen pressure starvation caused by, believe it or not, timing gears. When mm-hmm. uh, you know GM made the made the nylon coated uh, uh, yeah. cam gear. Yep. Um, those would strip off and, and end up filling the uh, the oil pickup.
2: Yep. But yep. that's
0: but that's a pretty rare occasion.
2: Yeah. No, no, you, and, and and I had told him to, you know, send me his email and stuff like that, and, and if he's heard the show, and if not, then I'll tell him about the, the conversation we had, but thank you very much, John, thank you very much. 18 callers is today, that's a pretty doggone good day. Gil, thank you for being the best radio um, manager, operator, board op, producer, and and I know that they pay you extra just to run my show, just because how honorary I am, and if that's the case, then uh, you should ask for a raise, because next week... I'm going to be worse. I'll see you next week, yo. Bye.